welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website, hitthatline.com, for all types of interviews, articles, podcasts, whatever it is that you're wanting to hear or wanting to see dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. A few things we're going to get into. A Twitter question that was posed to me that I think is a fascinating topic, LOL Missouri. And also, Bomb Stadium getting a new name. But we'll start with the Twitter question that was posed to me dealing with the Arkansas Razorback football and basketball program. This comes from Jason on Twitter. He says, simply, which team or which program, I think is what he's meaning, will be in better shape in the next five years? Basketball or football for Arkansas? And you know what? That is a really tough question because I started thinking about it. And I started wondering, okay, now we're under the assumption that Chad Morris is going to be around for at least a couple more years. We're under the assumption that the basketball program in Arkansas is going to at least have to make a change at some point if the NCAA tournament is not met under Mike Anderson. And frankly, I don't know where to go with this one. I honestly don't. You stumped me, Jason. I've been thinking about it all day. I've been trying to decide whether or not I believe that Mike Anderson can get the job done and turn it around, or if they decide to go in a different direction and hire a new coach. Does Chad Morris finally get it going once the recruits get in place? Is that all it simply is, just getting those recruits on campus and then they're going to start getting it going? And then here, I guess five years from now, it would be 2024, that's when the program for football will be in really good hands and in really good shape. I don't know. I really don't know. But if I had to just go off of my gut feeling and my gut instinct, I would say football. Now, a lot of you are probably listening and screaming at me right now, saying what idiot would say football right now. They're coming off of a 2-10 season. Well, possibly 2-9, and nine, but we'll get to that later. A 2-10 season the worst in Arkansas history. And there doesn't look like there's going to be any reason to believe that they'll be much better next year, or at least significantly better. And there's no real evidence of Chad Morris and his ability to coach at a high level and to be able to bring high-level success into Arkansas. There's no evidence of that. So why would you think that would be a better option for football then say the basketball program, which even though it's not elite, it's not top 25 or anything like that, it's at least stable, it's solid, and it's good enough to at least be recognizable as one of the better programs in the SEC over the past few years. Well, the reason is because it comes down to players, folks. It comes down to players. I know coaching matters. I know that style matters, competition matters, level of competition matters in your conference. I understand all that. But I also understand that when it comes down to it, talent, depth, ability, all of that trumps all. It can overcome so much. And with football, I believe that's why it's going in the right direction because even if Chad Morris isn't the greatest head coach of all time, even if his staff that he's putting together won't be able to get it at done just from the coaching perspective, to the level of, say, a Nick Saban staff or Kirby Smart staff or Dabo Sweeney staff or whoever, even if that doesn't happen at all, 
talent can overcome that. We've seen it happen many times. I don't think Hugh Freeze was a good coach. I, I just don't. There's too many mistakes that he made during games, in games, development-wise, all that fun stuff. But talent helped trump that. I don't think Kevin Sumlin was a very good coach. But talent was able to help him trump all those inabilities as a coach. And I think at the very minimum, that should be able to help Chad Morris. Is that if he gets the talent, and it gets enough of that talent, to be able to overcome any type of inabilities to coach in certain ways and certain styles during certain times of the game, whatever it may be, talent should be enough to trump all of that. Because talent is what wins you games. Talent is what wins you championships. Talent in recruiting, should say, more so than anything, recruiting is what helps you win. And basketball, Mike Anderson, God love him, but he is never going to be accused of being one of the great recruiters in college basketball. I think he does okay. I think he does okay in developing players as well. But there's nothing that he has done to lead me to believe that he'll be able to get get it going here in the next few years because the recruiting class doesn't look that great in the 2019. Doesn't look any better for 2020. There's no real big-time prospects coming out of Arkansas that can't wait to play for Arkansas. There's not a Daniel Gafford. There's not a Bobby Portis. There's none of those players on the horizon. And so you're going to have to rely on your recruiting ability to go outside the state, and I just don't know if there's enough there to be able to move the needle for anybody, especially Mike Anderson. So I, I it's, it might be a crapshoot, and I may be totally wrong because I just don't think there's not enough evidence of Chad Morris yet to say where you're at. But I'm telling you right now, folks, that if, if football can say win six games next year, which is a stretch, I get it, but say if they won six, the next year they would be even better, you would assume. And then by getting to eight wins, say, just this is all just speculation, but say getting to eight wins, that automatically puts you in a better position than what the basketball team has been, all things considered, and what conference they're in, than what they've been in the past few years. So if Arkansas can just do that, they're in a driver's seat. They're, they're in a good position. But basketball has got to be able to switch some things up. they got to be able to get some talent. Because what they're doing right now, it's okay. It's keeping you afloat. But it's never going to be able to take it to the next level. And until that big-time recruiting class comes in for Mike Anderson, I don't think that's going to change. But great question there by Jason on Twitter. And uh, if you ever want to ask me something, have something discussed on the podcast, be sure to tweet at me at Rush John Neighbors. Great question. One just simplest answer, though. I got football. I got Chad Morris because I take recruiting – over not recruiting any day of the week. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I can't, I can't, I can't wait to talk about this. This is my favorite. This is great. I'm just, I'm just going to read you the story. It, it's a quick story about Missouri. And how the NCAA has hammered them with some sanctions due to academic misconduct. Check this out. According to the NCAA, this penalty stems from academic misconduct that they discovered following a Missouri tutor's decision to come forward with information after she claimed she cheated in order to help student-athletes with their academics. 
According to the NCAA, the tutor completed coursework for 12 student-athletes over the course of one year. The NCAA announced its decision on Thursday with the following comment. In its definition, the committee stated, simply put, 12 student-athletes did not complete their own work. It continued that the tutor engaged in the activity despite receiving extensive and comprehensive education on appropriate tutoring practices. Now, here is what's going to come down and where the hammer falls as far as the punishments being handed down by the NCAA. Three years probation, a 10-year show cause order for the former tutor. During that period, any NCAA member, school employee of the tutor must restrict her from any athletically related duties. A 2018-2019 postseason ban for baseball and softball programs. A 2019 and 20 postseason ban for the football program. A vacation of records in which football, baseball, and softball students can athletes competed while ineligible. The university must provide a written report containing the matches impacted by the NCAA media coordination and statistics within 45 days. A 5% reduction in the amount of scholarships in each of the football, baseball, and softball programs. Recruiting restrictions for each of the football, baseball, softball programs during the academic year of 2019 and 2020, which means a seven-week ban on unofficial visits, a 12% reduc uh, reduction in official visits, a seven-week ban on recruiting communications, a seven-week ban on all off-campus off recruiting contacts and evaluations, and a 12% reduction in recruiting person or evaluation days. A disassociation of the tutor details the disassociation can be found in the public report and also a fine of $5,000 plus 1% of each of the football, basketball, or football, baseball, and softball budgets. Whew. I'm dying laughing, folks. I love this. And I don't care what anybody People have been getting after uh, some of the other people who've been laughing about this with me. And it was just saying, oh, okay, real professional, real mature. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's good. I'm glad you're reveling even though your team sucks. Hey, I don't care. Take one, you can get them. Screw you, Missouri. I'm I am so happy because you are banned from next season and postseason, which means Kelly Bryant, the quarterback that you received, that a lot of people were wondering why the crap you going to Missouri, and Jonathan Nance, the former Razorback that transferred to go to Missouri, was posing pictures with Kelly Bryant and all that fun stuff. They went to the Tigers, and boom. In their final year of eligibility, they aren't even allowed to participate in the postseason. L-O-L. I can't get enough of that. I think it's great. I think it's great anytime that team's not named Arkansas gets hammered. And you know what? I'll fully admit it. Some people have said that how could you, you know, if this was your school, I'm sure you'd be acting a different way. Of course I would. But it's not. It's your school. So I'm going to point fingers and laugh. And then when it happens to my school, if it ever happens to my school, I'll just have to own it. But I'm going to point and laugh every single time that this happens to a rival school. You know what? And I always thought about Missouri and the fact that maybe they didn't belong in the SEC as a school. And I still believe that. But I'll tell you what. Since they joined the SEC, they've gotten a postseason ban in football, basketball, baseball, and softball. I'm starting to think maybe they are pretty SEC. Maybe they are the SEC team that everyone thought they could be because they're the ones that's getting hammered by the NCAA. Now, obviously, uh, an appeal is coming forth by Missouri in the athletic department. And here's the craziest thing about it too, folks, that due to NCAA rules, seniors that are on the football team right now can immediately transfer with no penalty. I'm not saying it would happen, because from all 
looks and stances that it looks like Kelly Bryant's going to stay at Missouri. But if he wanted to leave Missouri again, he could transfer to a program and not have any penalty, not have any sitting out time, nothing. I don't think he would want to, but if he wanted to transfer to Arkansas, he could do. He could do that. No problem. And that's hilarious to me. If I was a senior there at Missouri, I'm peacing. Now, maybe it's more than that. And maybe it's, like, you guys don't care about bowl games anyway or about postseason play because, you know, for whatever reason that they have. But I think the scholarship reduction is going to be the thing that hits them the worst, and but it won't hit them for quite some time now. So, anyways, that's the situation that Missouri finds themselves in. Now, it's funny because people have been really wondering what's the difference between this investigation and this pun and this whole situation that happened with Missouri compared to what happened with North Carolina. Because North Carolina had something similar going on through the NCAA findings, but they didn't face any punishment. I mean, North Carolina had fake classes that were taken, and top marks were given for academic work that resulted in which fine were basically were copy and pasting. So North Carolina lawyered up with it, though. And that's the difference. They lawyered up. They never fully cooperated. And they denied, denied, denied. They admitted nothing and denied everything. And so since they did all those things, denied, 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 denied to the cows come home, they could not find a legitimate reason to put any punishment down for the investigation. Even though it looked like they all came forth, there were some loopholes that were done, the lawyers stepped in, they set it up, they took care of it, and they made it work for North Carolina. And that's the difference between this in the NCAA, in the NCAA going after Missouri. So uh, just to give you an, an idea, this is what the NCAA actually said and how the cooperation was being different from the North Carolina case. It says, quote, the conduct at issue in this case is also distinguishable from the COI's decision in the University of North Carolina decision in 2017. Among other differences, North Carolina stood by the courses in the grades it rewarded to student-athletes. In support of that position, UNC asserted that although courses were created and graded by an office secretary, student-athletes completed their own work. Where here, by contrast, Missouri acknowledged that the tutor completed the student-athletes' work, and in most instances, this conduct violated its honor code. So essentially, because that the, although the courses were created and graded by an office secretary, the students completed their own work. So even though the classes were made up, they didn't exist. They weren't real. The work was still done for those made-up classes by the student-athletes. Where in this situation with Missouri, the student-athletes didn't do their own coursework. Isn't that funny? Isn't it amazing how the NCAA finds ways to screw everything up? But it's only funny when it's your rival school. It's only hilarious when it's a place like Missouri, especially Missouri, that gets hammered for these things. Because now, it makes it a story, it sets a precedent, and if you're a Razorback fan, yeah, your team's not very good. They're probably not going to be very good this year. But you know what you can say? Even if they're not any good, even if all these problems are existing, Missouri's going to be probably playing in the same bowl game that you'll be playing in. None. I'm all for this. I am so excited about it. I have had so much fun with it. I know a lot of you have too. And everybody was just wondering about all the questions that could be risen from this whole thing, all the gifs, all the memes, everything that's been going on. But 
I was really shocked by this announcement. I was shocked that that Missouri even had this problem, that they were even being investigated. I know that they had some issues with the basketball program. We all remember that. Where Kim Anderson, that was one of the main reasons why Missouri was so bad. Not only did they have a bad coach, but they just had a bad time deal all, all around. So this is actually the sixth time, too, that major infractions have involved Missouri. So it's not like they're un, not used to something like this happening. Maybe they're just not as good as getting away with it as other places would be. But I will say that in, all, in, in light of all of it, the fact is, is that you have a program at Missouri that's had some success here and there, never some high-level success, but some success. It seems like there's always been a little bit of more of a background rivalry than it actually has been a rivalry on the field between Arkansas and Missouri. And let's be honest too, folks, any time that you have a team that's going to be on your schedule every single year and they get hammered by the NCAA, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to appreciate it. You're going to revel in it. You're going to love it. You know why? Because you're a fan. And fans love it when other teams get hit with it. When you get hit with it, it'll suck. You'll probably have to own it, even though none of you probably will. And that's fine. That's the way it is. But as long as it's not your school, point and laugh all day long. Everyone's cheating in some capacity. It's only the idiots that get caught with it. And it's only the morons that get busted with it where they get the punishments handed down to them. Revel in it just for a little bit, folks. Because this, unfortunately for Razorback football, you may not have much to revel in in 2019. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. This is another interesting storyline. It doesn't bear any of anything of importance, at least I don't think, but I know people want me to talk about it. It says, this happened on Thursday. This is an official press release from the University of Arkansas. The University of Arkansas Board of Trustees approved a resolution renaming the stadium that has been home to Razorback baseball since 1996. It will no longer be referred to as Bomb Stadium but will open the 2019 season as Bomb Walker Stadium. Now, this comes courtesy of the Willard and Pat Walker family, where they have been supporting Razorback baseball for many years. Of course, they also were known for the pledge of $5 million in support of the new Baseball Practice Performance Center, which is to be constructed in the right field corner of the stadium. So this happened. It's now going to be called Bomb Walker Stadium. And the fact that I see people mad about this is laughable. If you're mad about this, get bent. This is the stupidest thing to get mad at. If you like, if you got mad at when people who donated a lot of money get something named after them, like, would you would you rather have the would you rather have it named something basic, or would you rather have people give money to be able to compete nationally? Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Would you rather it be Razorback Stadium and not have that money that Donald W. Reynolds donated? Same thing with baseball. Would you rather have it as Bomb Stadium if it meant that the money that was being pledged by the Walkers was not going to exist? Or what about Bud Walton? Would you make, want to make it called Razorback Arena or whatever if it meant that Bud Walton wasn't going to donate the money? Of course not. So this is a non-story. This is not a big deal. This is great. I think if you're a Razorback fan, it's great. Because here's the thing too, folks. You're not going to change what you call it. You're still going to call it Bomb Stadium. I'm still going to call it Bomb Stadium. The only people that aren't going to call it Bomb Stadium are University of Arkansas employees and the broadcast team that are going to be broadcasting the games. They're going to say live from Bomb Walker Stadium. Okay, who cares? It's fine. It's great. It's money. 
going into the baseball program to help them recruit better, to help them get better. And that's really what it's all about. So if they have to change, and not even that big of a change, if they're just adjusting the name and calling it Bomb Walker Stadium, I'm all for it. I'm happy for it. It's all awesome. It's all good. I'm all about it. But for those of you that are so upset by this, find something else to be mad at. This is nothing. This is minor compared to what the rest of the things that are going on in Razorback sports. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast today. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.